Will ChatGPT destroy programming? You know, there's been a lot of concern from the programming community about the capabilities of AI and how it's coming after our jobs. And to answer this question, it's simply no, because programming is already dead. You guys, it's been dying for a long time, so there's really not much left to destroy here. But it probably would accelerate its continuing decline, and it is crucial to understand here that the landscape has changed for a long time, actually, and we can't look back. The critical thing to keep in mind is that coding has never been about the code; it's been about the user. So it doesn't matter if your code is clean or messy. And now we're saying maybe it doesn't matter if there's code at all. It can be in all sorts of different form factors. We've got social media, we've got video. There's all sorts of ways to entertain people nowadays. You've got AI-generated art, AI text. So why do people need to download your executable application on a Windows PC written in MS DOS in order to have some fun on their computers and their digital lives? And so, in my opinion, the critical thing to understand here is that the primary competition for your app is not another app. You're not competing against other programmers. Rather, you are competing against any form of medium that is consuming digital time, competing for digital attention that should be spent on your app, but is not being spent elsewhere online. So we'll get back to this concept in a moment. But first off, ChatGPT could it replace programmers? And really, the answer for that is going to be sort of, but mostly no, because professional programmers and code bases have. Strict coding standards, naming styles, coding conventions that we follow in order to maintain some sort of consistency and cleanliness to the code base for maintainability purposes. And so, if a random AI program came in and just spewed out a bunch of garbage code, it works, it looks okay, but it's just not following any of the coding styles and conventions, then it's just not going to be workable, and the code would be rejected and mostly have to be rewritten. It probably wouldn't even be using the internal proprietary frameworks and libraries and APIs and the scalability frameworks that a lot of the professional companies are using these days. And so, for example, Facebook's iOS app is not written in any standard coding style that ChatGPT would know about. It's written in ComponentKit, which is kind of this library that Facebook just invented and open sourced. But you know, ChatGPT wouldn't follow those coding styles. So for this part, at least, I would say programmer jobs are safe because while ChatGPT can quickly whip up a prototype piece of code that even appears to run,、uh, it's not going to really be maintainable. You can't really build additional features on top of it. The code would become very messy and unmaintainable very quickly. And so you still kind of want some human programmers in there, just ensuring that the code is nice, clean, and human readable. Now this is kind of different, for example, compared to digital artists, because digital art generally isn't reused. So if ChatGPT can quickly generate a piece of digital AI art, then maybe that's just immediately usable. But going back to programming, ChatGPT could be a nice coding assistant. It could help prototype code, get you up and running faster with sample examples and template code. Maybe prototype certain functions for you and just increase your developer velocity. So it's going to assist you there and improve your speed. But At the same time, ChatGPT will be competing with you as well. So that's right, and this is where AI will destroy programming. AI is competing with programmers, not unnecessarily the code level, but at the result level. And so the thing to understand is this: What good is your website or app if nobody has time to use it? If everybody is so bedazzled, amused, and fixated by the latest AI-generated art—the AI images, AI music, AI text—and there's just going to be this explosion in AI-generated content, this new digital format that really anybody is able to come out and create, and everybody's going to be competing with your little app for digital time. 
And most critically, it is the speed at which people are able to generate this new form of content that is just captivating to the audiences that if you were to spend the next three months working on your little game and you want people to look at the little particle effects and the graphics and the little sounds and the shiny buttons in your game, I mean, people rather just take a look at a clip from AI that's generated in 10 seconds by a computer, and that's going to be more bedazzling to people. You see, if you remember back in the day, iPhone was special because it had rounded buttons. Oh yeah, the buttons were rounded, the corners were round, and everybody thought that was so cool. It wasn't just a sharp square rectangle, it was rounded, and this was something that only programmers could do. And my job at some of these tech companies I worked with was to make these corners rounded. But now you've got AI art, which can do so much more, and it's got animations and visuals and videos. So when we take a look at some of the greatest projects of programming history, projects like Google, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or maybe some social gaming app. You know, these weren't really technology companies. They're actually advertising companies, and they really compete for digital attention and time. They're not competing on the quality of code. And really, the goal of these companies is not to provide you a service. Facebook is not there to help you chat with your friends or to help you photo share. It wants you to just spend more time on their site so that you look at more ads. The goal of a site like Google is not to help you find search results. It's just get you to use their service so that you can see the ads on their pages. They want you to see their ads. The goal of a social gaming app is also to just sell you more ads. People just want you to spend more time there. They're competing for your time. And so I kind of began this discussion with the other video, Why Coding is Dead, on my main channel. I'll link it. You can check it out in the description. But it's this idea that if digital time is what we are all competing for now, then programmers aren't the only game in town anymore. There's so many other ways to compete for digital time, digital attention, like You've got influencers, videos, game streamers. You've got digital art, people tweeting, text. AI is coming in now with generated avatars, generated art. And so all of these things are going to compete with programmers now. So let me put it this way. Back in the day, we only had Windows or Mac. And in order to get anybody to spend any of their time with your content, you had to be a programmer to develop one of these executable applications that you would hand people by either disk or get them to download from the internet. Maybe it would be like a shareware game and from there you would maybe advertise something. You might advertise the full version of your game or you might even advertise a few other games or maybe a magazine subscription or something. And really the only way to compete in this digital arena was you needed to have the skills to run the apps for this operating system, which was Windows or Mac. So you needed to know maybe C++, Basic, Java, Objective-C, Cocoa, OS. And it wasn't just any type of programming skill. Like you couldn't be a web programmer. If you knew JavaScript or HTML, it wasn't going to do it. You needed an executable app. So we needed people who were very technical for that. But later on times changed. We changed operating systems, entering a new era of the internet. And these older technical skills like Visual C++, Visual Basic, making Java games that people would download became less needed. And people wanted web skills like full stack LAMP engineering, Linux, Apache, JavaScript skills, SQL skills, PHP, Python, and the internet just gave you so much more reach. And then we kind of entered this web 2.0 era where we had like Facebook apps and games and really to even compete on that level, you needed something that would interact with the Facebook API and really they supported like PHP and maybe Flash games. And if you were a good Flash developer who were able to make like animations and online games in this social interactive way, then you made a killing on the Facebook games. Although later on, Flash just basically died, right? And if you're a Flash developer, you lost your job. 
Now, what happened after that? Well, of course, mobile first came along and everybody moved to iOS or Android as their primary operating systems because the whole world was on this and you needed to be a mobile developer. And then the full stack web developers actually took a bit of a backseat. And so funny enough, if you go to some of these big fan companies, you'll find the traditional web developers don't get as much respect as they used to anymore. You know, they're oftentimes understaffed because the mobile developers get priority. They ship the biggest, most high priority features first. And for a while, we just competed on apps and everybody tried to come up with the most successful app, become the top apps in the app store. Nowadays, it's pretty much solidified which are the top apps and they are social media apps of which people spend like 90% of their time on. And that is where everybody's on and we are entering kind of the social media OS era. And in the social media OS era, what skill do you need in order to develop apps on the social media operating system? You don't actually need coding skills. You don't need C++ skills, web skills, Java skills. You don't need SQL database tuning skills or compiler performance optimization skills. No, for the social media operating system, you kind of want acting skills or production skills in order to put together a YouTube or TikTok channel or create a Twitter or Instagram account with a large following and to then just really start pushing viral content. And AI can really help do this and really it levels the playing field where anybody nowadays can compete on this digital playing field for our time and attention. And so how far we've come from the original days where we just had Windows or Mac executable apps where you had to be a programmer to even compete on this level. Nowadays, anybody can do it. And I think what we're going to see, by the way, is a reckoning with the education system where a lot of young people are going to college learning the wrong skills in order to compete on the wrong playing field. And people think they're going to learn these skills for office work and they're going to get out and they're going to compete with just other office workers and maybe they know programming and they're going to compete with other programmers. But the landscape has changed so much that programmers are now competing with just everybody out there and the opportunity that was there for programmers 10 or 20 years ago today is only a fraction of what it used to be maybe just one one hundredth of that because so many people are competing with you today and really what ai is doing now is it is accelerating the stimulus that people are getting and just increasing the variety of content out there and it is so fast it develops and moves so fast that programmers can't really compete on this level because like the time it takes you to develop a website or app it may take a few weeks maybe even a few months I mean, the field of AI is just moving so much faster than you and it can generate just so much more content than you. And it doesn't necessarily need to be an app or a piece of code to compete with you for digital time. It can be just a really cool AI generated video that people are just really fixated with and amused by and they just don't have time to download your app anymore. There's only so many hours in a day. And so the way I see it, the greatest threat to programmers with AI is the amount of content and media that is just going to be generating just day in, day out. And it's going to be viral every single day that you're going to have to compete with, with your stupid little app with rounded corners and shiny buttons and maybe a little particle effect here and there, while the AI is just spewing rainbows everywhere. And so now your website or app is going to have to compete with generated art, generated viral memes, generated characters with generated voices, generated music, and generated text, games, images, and everything in between. And so kind of like how programmers used to only have to compete with other programmers, later on they found they had to compete with influencers for time on social media because programmers basically compete with the likes of YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, which are basically powered by influencers. But now we all have to compete with AI as well. And you don't have to be an artist anymore. Anybody can create art. Anyone can create viral images, text, memes. And so arguably now we have to compete with so many more people. We've got to compete with everybody because 
you know, maybe back in the day, you could be a digital artist and make a name for yourself on Instagram. But now you've got to compete with AI art. If you're an animator, maybe you could have had a nice YouTube channel with some nice 3D special effects. Nowadays, anybody can be a CG special effects artist using AI. Now, I think one of the greatest threats to coding is the speed of progress of AI. You know, for example, I had this idea for an app I wanted to develop, but it's going to take me maybe three months to make this thing. But that is an eternity in the land of AI. We're like, I mean, I could spend three months making this app or I could just use AI in 10 seconds, generate a picture of the Pope in Balenciaga clothes, and it's going to get the same number of app views and downloads, right? Like the Pope would probably go viral and I would sell the same number of advertising. So why don't I just do this Pope thing instead of committing three months to an app that when it comes out, there's another AI meme going viral, getting tons of views and attention and people are liking that stuff. And then people aren't downloading my app anymore because it's just, it's boring compared to all of the glitter and animations that AI is generating. And maybe part of that is for the novelty factor that AI has these new fancy tricks and people are kind of fascinated by the possibilities of what it can do. Maybe it is kind of a cheap gimmick, but it does draw attention and it works in that way. By the same token, I think that coding is also moving quite quickly. It's trying to adapt and move quickly to stay with the times and whatever is on trend. But that also makes it very hard to stay up to date with the latest technologies and code because our skills are getting outdated faster than we can even release stuff. Like Web3 was last year. Today, we're onto AI now. Well, what about all those Web3 developers who are still learning smart contract stuff? What about the developers on the ecosystems for Luna Terra that collapsed, Harmony One, Near One, or Cardano? And what about the NFT developers now that NFTs no longer seem as popular as they used to be? What are those people doing nowadays? And before that, well, we had the machine learning developers and all of that hype and trend going on. And before that, we had the mobile first developers in iOS and Android. And we had the web 2.0 developers with their skills that seem so outdated by today's standards. And really the problem with today's social media operating system is that Things move so fast as people jump from trend to trend that it's very difficult for the traditional programmers who just build their entire careers off of one technology to keep up with the fast moving changes and trends that if you lock yourself into this one thing that the social media operating system says is popular now, like say NFTs, well, next year they could just move into another thing because people move much faster than you're able to keep up with the tech. And the other problem is that these days, everything must go viral everything has to go viral in order to succeed because that's the operating system we're on social media. And if you just release like some random app that's not really popular, some random website that's okay but doesn't go viral, then it may not be sufficient. It's almost an all or nothing game because people are quickly going to forget about your thing and go back to their social media apps like Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. And they're quickly going to forget about your app because they've already moved on to the next hottest viral trends. I also want to clarify here, I've seen this discussion, is ChatGPT a platform? They've got plugins. And my answer to that really is, no, it's not. It is a set of tools because a operating system, a platform is really where the users are. It's where people are. You need kind of a social network for that. And Facebook has already proven to us that social is important. It continues to be important. And you do need your friends and people on there. And if you don't have a bunch of people on this site, then really you just have a set of tools you need the people there in order to create impact upon the world. And it's always been about impact. All right, now, how can we take advantage of this? Well, I think it's important to recognize that there are two sides to AI. One side is creating the technology behind AI, and the other side is consuming that AI technology. So 
if you're creating the technology for AI, maybe you kind of need a background in artificial intelligence, machine learning, neural networks, language processing, pattern recognition, computer vision, or maybe you could even get into the UI support for the front-end and back-end clients and server-side in order to create these infrastructures and deliver these products for people to use. But these are really just tools for people. So I think there's going to be some opportunity there, but it's important to recognize that you also need massive amounts of data training data in order to create these AI networks, right? If you don't have a lot of data, then uh, what are you going to train your models on? And I've seen a lot of these other AI art generators. They seem to just be scraping random art and images from the internet. And it really remains to be seen what the legal framework for that is going to be. You could develop chat GPT plugins too, I suppose, but that's going to cost money. And then you're going to have to pass those costs on to your users in some way as well. And I believe that is currently in beta. So you have to request access. And then you will still be using chat GPT's data set. Maybe if there are a way you could use the user's data sets, that may be possible. But how much data do users actually have? Now, on the other side, I would say that when you're consuming the AI stuff, that is a playing field that anybody can compete with. And this is also the field of people who will be competing with the resulting apps and services and websites that even programmers may be developing and pushing out into the world, like mobile games, social networks, and so forth. Now, as far as the AI-generated content side goes, I would say that content is still king. Authenticity matters, and people still seek that human connection. But AI-generated content does present this fascinating new form of digital art that people are interested in and they want to see more of. And you can use it for various ways to integrate into your art, your content, or create new types of form for that that people are interested in. And in that way, it broadens the amount of time people spend online just consuming this new stuff. And really, at this point, I would say we continue to be in the social media OS era where all roads lead to creators. And now we've just got AI joining the ranks. You know, I recently saw this article on the state of the camera industry. And I think it's telling here that it says, camera companies see video use growing across all categories of users, but there's one segment they're all laser focused on, creators. And so that reflects the era that we're in. And so with that, we'll ask ChatGPT to close out the video. Script the end of a YouTube video. Warm, charismatic tone, sarcastic style, slightly passive aggressive tone. Keep it short, take it away. Well, folks, we've reached the end of another thrilling YouTube video. Wasn't that just the most exciting thing you've seen all day? I mean, who needs Netflix when you have this level of entertainment, am I right? But seriously, if you enjoyed this video, please don't forget to smash that like button and subscribe to the channel. And if you didn't enjoy it, well, I guess that's just tough luck, isn't it? Anyway, thanks for watching, and I hope you have a fabulous day. And if you don't, well, maybe the next video will be better. Cheers!